That's right, ghouls and gals. Welcome back to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, fresh back from New York Comic Con, and I had a blast. I'll get back to that in a second, but I do have some good news for you and some bad news. The good news is that I was told by the higher-ups in the uh down in front podcast pyramid that uh, I actually get to spend 30 minutes with you guys. So that's 10 extra minutes. Um, That's also the bad news is you guys have to put up with me for 10 more minutes. Now, that being said, I'm going to get back to uh, where I've been. Um, Last weekend, I was in New York City for New York Comic Con with a friend of mine. Um, We were there from Friday to Sunday, and boy, did we see a lot of crazy shit. Um, I did actually get to meet uh, Chucky the doll from the latest um, Cult of Chucky film, which I actually saw the other day. Lots of people are telling me they thought it was crap. I thought it was pretty good. It's on Netflix already to watch. Um, If you do have Netflix, definitely check it out. Um, The doll itself is super creepy, even more so creepy in real life. Um, I also had the pleasure of meeting Doug Jones. Um, If you're not familiar with the name, he is the gentleman who played... Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies, but he's also done a lot of other horror acting. Um, If you don't recognize him, uh, if you Google him, that's because most of the films he's in, he wears a ton of makeup. Um, Like I said before, he was Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. He's got a new movie coming out with Guillermo del Toro called The Shape of Water, um, where he is another uh, undersea-dwelling gill-man-type creature, a la the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, But he was also the Bye-Bye Man in this year's uh, film, The Bye-Bye Man, which I didn't see. I heard it was kind of bad, might peep it eventually, but... He's played a lot of roles in horror films. He was the nicest human being I've ever met. Uh, Super great. We took pictures. He signed some of my stuff, and that was super cool as well. Um, Made it back in one piece. Still kind of recouping, but I'm glad I'll be able to get this episode out on time for you guys. Now, it is also Friday the 13th, uh, another high holy holiday in the month of October leading up to Halloween. Uh, on this day in particular, lots of people like to go out and get uh, cheap, spooky tattoos or uh, generally are very careful because they're superstitious or they just stay at home and watch all of those movies. Um, I, for one, tend to avoid those movies on this day because um, it's a little overdone, um, but Not to say they aren't great movies. I just decided to watch a couple other uh, great shitty movies on Friday the 13th, which is a good lead into our topic today. Uh, Super shitty, super enjoyable movies. Um, But backing up a little bit, the films that I did watch recently um, were Trailer Park of Terror, uh, which was a film that I discovered while I was down in Baltimore for Baltimore Comic Con. I met one of the, um, the artists who had worked on the comic that that film is based on. Um, And when I came home, I found it on iTunes um, for pretty cheap and wound up watching it uh, today. And man, I was actually impressed. I was expecting after watching the trailer to think that it was going to wind up being a super shitty movie, but um, it does come across um, with many horror movie tropes. um, But the, the imagery and the acting... um, And the effects, especially the makeup effects, are really good in this film, and it was quite enjoyable. Uh, Some of the the themes um, and the things that occur throughout the movie might put a few people off, um, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I would definitely recommend giving it a peek, especially if you can find it on iTunes. Um, It was $4.99 the other day when I bought it, so it's probably still kind of cheap. And kind of to go into a little bit of what the film is about, um, you're sort of introduced to this character, Norma, 
who's the uh, the trailer park queen, kind of. Um, and she's sort of living this shitty life in the trailer park uh, when some terrible things happen that sort of turn her world upside down. Uh, and then we kind of jump forward in time um, when we find that a lot of people wind up disappearing in the area where that trailer park was. Uh, we're introduced to a group of... Um, uh, troubled teens who are on a religious camp retreat uh, that wind up in a car that breaks down uh, by the trailer park. Uh, and as you can imagine, that setup, um, it really sort of builds to a fun little uh, movie where a lot of shit goes down and a lot of stuff goes south. So um, definitely, if you get a chance, uh, look for it on iTunes and check it out. Uh, and the other film that I watched today was um, The Black Fables, another one that I found pretty cheap on iTunes. Um, it is uh, 100% in Portuguese. Um, it is a film that's about uh, Brazilian uh, fables, legends, myths. Um, it's basically a, um, a film that is broken up into different parts uh, over the story of these kids who were kind of running around and playing all day. And they keep telling these spooky stories to each other, trying to scare each other. Now, this one I would consider more shitty because of the production value. Um, the way that it's shot, it just looks really cheap. Um, but again, the effects, um, the gore effects and the makeup effects are really great. Um, as far as the acting goes, I can't really speak to that. I always think that, um, especially films in another language, it's always hard for me to discern whether the acting is good or bad. Or, I mean, this was okay, but um, for the most part, I'd say this film... The major highlights were the gore and the makeup, um, especially because it's like kids telling these stories. It's actually kind of funny. There's a little bit of a funny bent to it, um, but definitely, again, if you can find it on iTunes, check it out. It's a quick watch, um, and you'll you'll learn a lot of things uh, about um, uh, Brazilian myths and legends that I was very unfamiliar about. Some of them were really cool, like one of the last ones about the sassy um, was a, myth a mythical creature. Um, it's a trickster that lives in the jungle and kind of fucks with people, so that one was really fun. Um, but yeah, definitely check that one out if you get a chance. And now to jump back for a second into the uh, the mythology of Friday the 13th. For those listening who are superstitious and do believe in the holiday and um, have some tristedecophobia or what have you, um, Wikipedia actually has a pretty handy chart that that shows all of the instances of Friday the 13th going all the way out to the year 2100. So if you want to start marking your calendars now, uh, definitely go over to Wikipedia and check that out. Uh, you'll probably be glad you did. And now, as always, uh, before I actually get into today's list, um, I'll let you know that uh, this is a little bit different from the other ones because, you know, I'm telling you these movies are shitty, uh, but they are still enjoyable. So if there's a movie on the list that you really enjoy that you don't think is shitty, um, feel free to reach out to us. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. You can email us. Uh, to let us know how wrong I am, or if you agree with some of the ones that I put out here, or even if you want to uh, recommend some that I don't mention. There's there's plenty on here that I'm not going to mention, or plenty that I don't even know about. So if you can give me like a good shitty movie uh, that I haven't heard of, you know, I love that. So uh, feel free to reach out to us at the Down in Front podcast group, and um, yeah, we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Also, another good thing to keep in mind about these shitty movies are that sometimes they are bad genuinely bad and the fact that you aren't going to be able to keep your attention focused on the screen or the story or the characters or what have you they're just sort of punctuated by moments of awesomeness in between a big old shit sandwich of a movie um in that case uh what we like to recommend is uh partaking in some adult 
beverage uh, consuming games, uh, otherwise known as drinking games. Um, that's the, the common term for those games. Um, and usually one that uh, I like to play is the mustache game. Um, and this is a recommendation I'm going to make for you guys uh, if you do enjoy adult beverages, is you just slap some fake mustaches on your TV, uh, all willy-nilly like, uh, and when they do line up with a face as an actual mustache would, you take a drink. It's as simple as that. And if it lines up with somebody who already has a mustache, so if you're watching a horror movie from like the 70s or early 80s where everybody had mustaches and you get a fake mustache on a mustache, you have to take two drinks. How great is that? It's going to make a shitty, shitty movie so much better. So um, that's uh, one idea. Again, if you guys have other drinking games that you like to play during movies like this, or if you have other games in general that you like to play during movies like this, feel free to let us know. But that's just the one that I like to recommend. Alrighty, and without further ado, we're going to jump right in. <laughs> Alright, and the first movie on my list uh, for this episode is actually my absolute favorite shitty horror movie from the 70s. Um, it's most well known as Messiah of Evil. Um, this film came out in 73. Um, it had lots of alternative titles because it got released a few different ways throughout the the 70s and up until today um sometimes you'll find it on dvd compilations of horror films called dead people um revenge of the screaming dead uh the second coming um in the 70s they tried to release it under the title return of the living dead um, but they wound up in some legal dispute with george romero uh, as it was too close to the titles of some of his films um, but it's a great movie that you can't, you don't really know if it's about cannibals or vampires. Um, and it's this weird, surreal, otherworldly drug trip of a movie. Um, there's uh, creepy albinos, there's people eating rats, there's people eating raw meat. Um, it's just a real, uh, it's a real fear boner. It really gets in your brain and messes with you. It's It's not scary as much as it's creepy um you don't really know what to expect i just like it um but it is pretty pretty um pretty crappy uh there are moments and lines in the film uh that i can quote like they were written on the back of my hand um there's a, a really creepy scene between a man and a woman um when she unbuttons half of his vest and then walks away and then he comes up to her and his 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 quote to try to to try to convince her to sleep with him is you don't just unbutton a man uh or it might be you don't just unzip a man i can't remember um but that it's just you're watching this movie that's so creepy and weird but you can't stop laughing because stuff like that keeps happening and the house that it's shot in is amazing like a lot of the set pieces are really great um people are just caked with makeup um and people just act super creepy um, there's one scene where she's talking with this um, homeless guy and he's going on about eating babies and all this other crazy stuff and you can't tell if he's supposed to be drunk or just crazy and the guy, like I feel like the guy may be ad-libbed because it's like way over the top but it's a great movie so if you get a chance to watch it super shitty, super great slap a mustache on the TV uh, Messiah of Evil now the next two films on my list I've lumped together because they're actually both um directed by Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame. Um, these were a few of his uh, first original films um, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, he did a couple uh, wonderful films, the first of which is called Bad Taste. 
Um, these these films were uh, shot in New Zealand, um, and everybody has very thick accents. This one in particular is about uh, a small town where the entire populace is replaced by um, aliens um, in an effort to basically harvest the human population for some sort of fast food endeavor. Um, it's really bizarre. Uh, he stars in this film in one of the roles, um, and he's got his his brain is hanging out at one point in the film. Um, he he being uh, uh, the director is actually in this film. Peter Jackson is uh, running around with his brain hanging out, trying to find different hats to keep his brain in, fighting aliens. Um, it gets really weird towards the end. There's a couple of pretty um, funny choreographed fight scenes and um, uh, gunfights. Uh, the aliens are some of the goofiest rubber costumes ever. You see some great fake rubber butts. Um, but uh, the gore is just over the top. Um, and it's really it's one of those uh, classic old um, gross-out films as well. Uh, which leads us into the next film that he made, um, which is also also one of the best horror films even as shitty as it is um dead alive uh also sometimes known as brain dead uh it's another film of his um shot in new zealand um where there is a uh, a dude who's basically living with his his mum and she sort of controls his life but then he meets this um uh, beautiful woman at the the package corner down the street and they fall in love and she of course forbids it because she thinks that he's um uh, paying more attention to her than to, to his mom as he should, as a doting son should. And then, um, some, some shit goes down and his mom may or may not become a zombie. And the next thing you know, the whole town is zombies and there's a Kung Fu fighting priest. Um, there's some great lines in this film, uh, some excellent gore. Some of the effects in this film are still to this day, some of the best that I've seen all traditional stuff. Cause it's, it's 92. So you're not going to see crazy amounts of CG, um, towards the end, the climax of this film, the giant rubber monster that they face together is incredible. There's a, a, a an absolutely epic uh, rubber zombie baby in this movie. Um, there's some, some really awkward, gross, weird sex scenes. Um, definitely recommend watching some of these. Uh, if, you, if you love Lord of the Rings, if you love some of Peter Jackson's more recent work, take a step back, watch some of these things to get some perspective. Some of his early work is some of his best work. And now the next uh, few films, uh, again, I'm sort of lumping things together uh, because you may, uh, dear listener, be familiar with this gentleman's work, but uh, the king of B-movie um, stardom, Mr. Bruce Campbell, uh, I actually saw him at New York Comic Con as well, um, and pretty much any film that he's in would make this list because he's made some pretty shitty films, but they're all amazing in their own right, and he's just so great. Um, hamming things up and acting and, you know, how he does his work. Um, but he was he was equally as amazing at New York Comic Con. We actually got a surprise sneak peek at the, the latest season of Ash vs. Evil Dead. They showed us the entire first episode um, of the third season. And if you've been following along with that show, that show is the epitome of shitty greatness. Um, but to, to not get too distracted, I was going to basically mention uh, Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, um, the original trilogy starring Bruce Campbell. Um, these films, for what they are and when they came out, were amazing. Um, the first one is definitely more of a, uh, a horror film, while the second one, they sort of came back 
and remade the film with a little bit more humor um, with some better effects. Um, so generally, I recommend people watch Evil Dead 2 over Evil Dead 1, but you might as well, if you haven't seen either of them, watch both. Um, and then Army of Darkness is the classic one that most people remember when he winds up traveling in time and fighting with King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table against all of the uh, claymation skeletons and puppets and everything like that. Um, and now, nowadays, uh, on the Stars Network, they have a television show um, that's been going. This is its third season that's basically based off of all three of those films. Uh, and they do their best work to maintain the pure shittiness of it. Like, the the quality is there. Like, it's a very enjoyable show, but they make sure that the gore is over the top. Like, the production value is great. All the acting is great. But it still feels shitty, but not in a bad way. It's super enjoyable. Um, if you haven't checked out the show, definitely go back, watch the movies, watch the show. It definitely calls back to a lot of things from the movies. Um, and yeah, if you haven't seen any of uh, Bruce Campbell's other work, uh, definitely go in and take a deep dive and uh, swim around in that, because all of his movies are great. But if you're familiar with the film Cabin in the Woods that came out a few years back, um, that was uh, a really good example of um, enjoyable, well-made horror film. Um, the idea of Cabin in the Woods, even the title, um, is a throwback to the to the Evil Dead movies, which is the the original Cabin in the Woods uh, film. Um, so again, definitely recommend it um, if you do if you have not seen them to check both of them out. Uh, now the next film that I'm going to mention is uh, the perfect epitome of uh, shitty movie awesomeness. It's perfect for a shitty movie night if you want to get some friends together. Uh, again, put some mustaches on the TV, uh, pop some popcorn, and watch um, one of the worst films you've ever seen that is still kind of enjoyable. I've seen bad movies that I would never watch again, um, but most of the movies on this list are bad movies that I've watched multiple times and would continue to watch and recommend to people. Um, this one in particular uh, is Troll 2. Um, it doesn't matter if you've seen Troll 1. It's a completely different film. Um, as far as sequels go, I don't believe there's any connections between the two movies. They're both awful. Um, but Troll 2 is special in the way that there has been a documentary made about this movie in that it was basically... It's it's universally known as one of the worst movies ever made. Um, so it's a documentary about the people who were in it, um, where they are now, what they do. Uh, the documentary is pretty enjoyable as well. Um, but Troll 2 itself... Um, is just, it's, it's a real great example of what this list stands for and that, uh, you're sort of introduced to this family and they're on this vacation and they go to this middle of nowhere town and get lost. Lots of creepy people, lots of weird rubber, little people in rubber suits. Um, and just so many great lines that'll just have you laughing. Um, so many weird scenes, people turning into trees, people melting, um, there's a really weird scene where this grown woman eats a cob of corn and, like, forces this kid to eat it in this bizarre, like, dry-humping sex scene. And then by the end of the scene, the cob of corn is popped and turned into popcorn. It's a really bizarre scene, and just sandwiched in a really bizarre movie. Um, so if you have a chance and can track down Troll 2, I definitely recommend it. Um, just make sure to have a sense of humor because it is, if, if you're not sure what to expect going into it, it might be hard to get through. But again, if you slap some mustaches on the TV or have a game to play during it, um, if you look it up on the internet, I'm sure there are other um, drinking games that people have created specifically for this movie um, that would make it a lot funner. 
Uh, and the next film I'm going to mention was actually a recent discovery for me, um, and I found it on uh, Shutter, which is an app, I guess, that lets you stream um, some horror movies for free. They have, like, a premium option. You can pay for more, but some of the ones that you can find on there in the free option are still pretty good. You can um, discover some things you've never heard of uh, that might be worth a watch if you don't have anything else going on. Um, this movie is Microwave Massacre. Um, now I'd heard of it previously, um, sort of spoken to in the same vein as a film like Driller Killer or, um, you know, insert common household item here, um, of, uh, killer slasher variety film. Um, but this one, uh, if you even watch the trailer, you just get a, a general sense that this is going to be a very hokey, uh, movie. And the first thing you notice right away is that the, the main character, um, is a, uh, an overworked, undersexed, uh, middle-aged or older man doing his best Rodney Dangerfield impersonation. Um, you basically get the feeling throughout this entire film that it's trying to be a different film and the actors are trying to be other actors. Like they're not acting their role. They're acting this role as if it were someone else. Um, a lot of the interactions between people are just ridiculous ridiculous um there's a scene where a woman uh puts her breasts through a fence to try and tease these construction workers and it doesn't really have anything to do with the plot of the movie this movie does have a lot of um uh bare breasts a lot of nudity in general um it was probably made in that time in like the 70s or 80s where it was um a selling point for movies like this where they didn't think it was going to be a major blockbuster uh, Hollywood success that it's like, well, maybe we'll be able to at least pull people with, you know, boobs and butts and you know what's. Um, so as you know, that being said, um, it does kind of have a funny, funny story in that he basically is uh, upset because his, his wife um, purchases a microwave because she wants to start, um, doing more uh, fancy cuisine. She wants to learn fine French cooking. Uh, and to do that, she gets a microwave, which is a, it's a, it's a weird um, idea for us nowadays, but they make it out to be this big fancy thing. And it is a huge microwave. It's a, it's a microwave that almost takes up an entire room. And he basically snaps because all he wants is sandwiches. Like he just wants, he's like, I don't want anything fancy. I don't want any foofy. I just want, you know, to eat my sandwiches, to eat normal food. Like the other construction workers that I work with at work, um, they all make fun of me because I come in here with this food that looks and smells awful and weird and fancy. And I just want normal food. And so really on early on in the movie, he snaps, um, pops his wife in the microwave, kills her, pops her in the microwave, and then eats her, and discovers that uh, human flesh is the best thing that he's ever tasted. Um, and then once he starts eating people, he can't stop. But then once he starts eating human flesh, uh, he becomes, like, too cool for school. Like, he's has a complete character change. He's suddenly not the, the meek and mild, quiet guy who was just complaining about not having sandwiches. He's going out to strip clubs, and he's gambling and he's doing all this crazy stuff now that he's uh had this transformation and then the rest of the movie sort of becomes him realizing that all he can eat now is human flesh cooked in the microwave and the next film on my list um is the uh first in a series um but really just the first couple movies in the series are uh, uh good to be considered uh great shitty movies um it's alive um opens in the delivery ward of a hospital uh, in the, the 70s, where there's just a bunch of uh, dads-to-be, 
smoking away. Um, one dude buys a pack of cigarettes in the waiting room at the hospital, which I think is hilarious. Um, but then immediately we are um, kind of confronted with a surgeon running out of the delivery room covered in blood saying, oh my God, like it's a monster. It mauled me. It's a mutant. And they go in and sure enough, um, the main character's wife gave birth to a crazy, hideous mutant baby and it's on the run and everybody's trying to find it. And it's just this ridiculous movie where, uh, you know, it gets worse and worse for this couple who are just trying to find their child. They don't know how bad it is, but it keeps killing people. Um, the effects are really funny because sometimes it's just a couple of like jiggling little feet that you see before like the reveal towards the end of the film. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a super hokey seventies horror movie. Um, you know, I'm sure, uh, parents can attest to the fact that, uh, there is a, a, another layer of horror there that I might not understand because I don't have, uh, kids, but if your, your child came out as like a, hideous drooling monster baby it might be a little bit more frightening but the movie itself is pretty pretty entertaining um and then of course there's sequels where it's revealed that there are more hideous monster babies being born around the world and you know it might be because of uh nuclear radiation or pollution or what have you um and the second movie um it's alive too where there's twins i think i believe is also quite uh, enjoyable and entertaining um and from there uh we go to chud um, which is a, a, a film shot in New York um, with one of the dudes from Home Alone as one of the the the, uh, the side characters um, throughout the movie. Um, but basically, we're introduced to this guy who's a uh, reporter trying to find out why homeless people are disappearing uh, or turning up dead or um, what have you underneath the streets of New York. Um, some people think there are these hideous mutants living underground, but Chud. Um, the acronym CHUD actually stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. Um, and these little dudes, um, cool little costumes, big creepy eyes, sharp tiny teeth, um, just running around New York sewer eating people. Um, they even uh, wind up eating um, John Goodman, who plays a cop in the film. Um, it's a bit role, but he just kind of shows up and then immediately gets eaten. I think he's either in a diner or a phone booth or something like that, but you'll recognize him. He still looks like John Goodman even back then. Then the film Basket Case, um, wherein a, uh, a man who has a conjoined twin um, that he had removed as a child... Um, still, uh, lives in a basket, but everybody thinks he's crazy because he talks to him. Um, but the little, the little head and arms that is his brother Belial that lives in the basket and is hi hidden away, um, he's sort of learning to, to, to live like his brother does. So he, he constantly wants to eat and he constantly wants to have sex. And of course that combo leads to a lot of really awkward, um, things happening in this film. Uh, this film does have a very weird sex scene with the Belial half twin brother guy person. Um, but some of the effects are really creepy in the way that they animate the little clay version of the, the little half brother. Um, kind of crawling around and this one also has a series of sequels i believe as well um but the first one is is totally the best one um again another one i believe shot in new york uh he lives in like a tenement building with a bunch of re a weird characters like one of his friends is a prostitute the other one's a junkie and they all kind of live in this house and think he's just crazy but really he's talking to this head in a basket um that goes around killing people uh by the end of the film another fun one definitely check it out uh super shitty uh definitely get your mustaches ready.
Now, I know I'm not going to be able to get to every movie that I had on my list, even with the extra time we were given this week. Um, but I did want to bring it back to um, more recent films that I've discovered that could go on this shitty film list. Um, one of which is Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Uh, you heard me correct. That is a long title. But the thing of it is, there were no, um, there was no Dude Bro Party Massacre 1 or 2. Um, the way that this film is sort of presented in um, the classic uh, sort of um, back-to-school-after-summer slasher trope uh, where the main character goes to his psychologist and sort of um, explains what actually happened in the first two movies um, through speaking with his therapist. Um, but it's a really goofy movie. Uh, it plays up a lot of um, really great horror tropes. Um, there's some YouTube comedians and other people from the internet you'll probably recognize in the film. Um Andrew W.K. plays a uh, a small role in the film. I mean, it's it's Dude Bro Party Massacre. You knew Andrew W.K. was going to be in there somewhere. Um, some of the gore is really funny. Uh, some of the jokes are just stupid and dumb. There's a lot of uh, uh, drug humor, um, sex jokes. It's it's a it's a fun little watch. At times, it seems a little long, um, but I just like the concept of starting with the third movie when there haven't been one or two I just thought was really great um, and it was enjoyable so that's another fun one to watch um, also uh, Black Sheep um, which is another film that came out not the Chris Farley movie uh, lots of people ask when they see this DVD on my shelf no this one's about uh, uh, killer rabid sheep um, in New Zealand uh, basically killing people they're genetically modified and they maul people and turn people into uh, were-sheep, basically. Um, there's a whole bunch of uh, jokes about people having sex with sheep throughout the movie, and then it kind of happens, and it gets really weird. But again, in this one, uh, it's it's a, it's a good, gory ride. Um, the effects are really good, the makeup, the monster, uh, everything really comes together for a fun, shitty movie. Um, definitely recommend it if you can find it. Uh, it's a good one. Um, then there's also, um, Feast, which, uh, I don't know if you remember, um, on HBO they had that show with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, Project Greenlight, where someone would pitch a movie and kind of take it through the production process and eventually get made. Feast was, I believe, the winner of the first season of Project Greenlight, um, and it came out, uh, it had, um, Henry Rollins in it, and it had, um that dude from 30 Rock who is in the Dave Matthews Band uh, hugging video or whatever, and it's just about a bunch of people who are trapped in this middle-of-nowhere bar when it suddenly gets attacked by these, like, crazy desert monsters. Um, you're never truly told, like, what they are, where they came from. There's some things that um, uh, speculate as to what they are, but there's a bunch of weird scenes because you find out as hungry as these things are, as much as they want to eat people, they also just want to have a lot of sex, so the monsters are constantly humping things and, like, it has a definite, like, Critters vibe or, like, any one of those other weird um, little creature movies. Um, but it was a good one that kind of snuck in there. There were also two additional movies made. There's a trilogy of Feast movies. The second two movies take a significant, significant dip in quality. Um, I believe Vern Troyer, um, the guy who played Mini-Me, is in a couple of them. I could be wrong, but they, they get really weird and they're not nearly as enjoyable um, as the first one. But if you ever want to see Henry Rollins wear pink velour girl pants, definitely check out Feast.
In addition, another great series of uh, shitty movies to watch nowadays, especially with all the news concerning uh, the resurgence of white supremacists and neo-Nazis, is Dead Snow. If you haven't seen these films, um, essentially uh, these folks go on a skiing trip and wind up upsetting a mass grave of a bunch of dead Nazis, and they come back as zombies and they attack them. Um, and it gets really intense. Um, the effects are really good, but the the, the movie uh, definitely would fall into the shitty category just because of the, the simple tropes that it dives into. I do really enjoy these movies because you do get to just see a whole bunch of Nazis getting killed uh, all willy-nilly. Well, killed again, which is a little bit even more satisfying. Um, and then uh, the second movie just kind of took it over the top. Um, and they're actually have, uh, announced, uh, that there is a third movie coming out, which I really can't wait for because these movies are incredibly enjoyable. They just kind of keep pushing the envelope on how far they can go and how crazy they can make it. So if you haven't seen those ones, definitely check out Dead Snow 1 and 2. Now to round out this list, uh, I wanted to have some honorable mentions that are still good to check out, but they're mostly um, series, uh, movies that have multiple five, six, seven films in their series, and any one of them would be considered perfectly shitty to be viewed, um, uh, bad enough to still be enjoyed. Um, and I guess we're going to start with uh, any trauma movie, really. Uh, if you have seen any movie with the trauma label on it, uh, they put a lot of hard work into those movies, um, and uh, they're fun to watch, but most of them are really shitty. Uh, I'm going to specifically point out the Toxic Avenger series. Um, most of those films are uh, uh, the kind of things that you grew up, you watched as a kid, and you were like, wow, I probably shouldn't have been able to see that, but I saw it, and it sort of um, uh, made me who I am today. Uh, not necessarily in a good way, but you know, you remember the experience of seeing a movie like that for the first time. Um, so definitely if you see any of those films, uh, check out some of the trauma movies. Um, definitely, definitely have a few mustaches on the TV when you pop those on, though. Um, then also a few other uh, series I'd like to mention. Um, the Leprechaun series, uh, where Jennifer Aniston got her start in the first one. Um, those movies are real fun. I mean, that guy's been everywhere. Uh, he's been on the moon. He's been in the hood. He's hung out again, yeah, with the, the cast of Friends. Uh, and then most recently, he was um, played by a WWE wrestler, Sheamus, I believe, in the remake. Um, then there is the Wishmaster series. These movies are about uh, an evil genie that kind of comes back and um, grants any wish that the person desires, but always has like a, a weird, bizarre twist on it and makes it like go bad and kill them or kill someone they love or what have you. Um, but the, the, the design of the monster was always really cool. And some of the stuff was like hokey. One of them takes place in a prison, I believe. And that one gets really weird. Um, but me and my best friend, Sean, growing up, used to watch those movies all the time. Uh, then there was the puppet master series, which used to terrify me. Cause, um, beyond just being scared of Chucky, any movie where like dolls or toys or puppets came alive, just like terrified me. And there's a ton of those, um, you, can, you never know, like, some, some of the movies, they're the good guys, some of the movies, they're the bad guys, um, but the, the doll design was always great, the puppet design, the different characters, um, the deaths in the movies are always way over the top. Um, this, the first movie especially is really weird because it's this weird, hyper-sexual trip where there's all these people who are, like, psychics and they're in a mansion, and then all of a sudden the puppets show up because they were left there by the guy who originally created them, and it just gets really weird. Um, but the movies, there's... As far as I remember, there's no, like, overarching story. There might be, but it just kind of goes all over the place with the different puppets. 
Um, and then one I've discovered in the last few years is the Ginger Dead Man series, kind of along the same lines um, as Chucky or Puppet Master, where a gingerbread man comes to life and wants to kill everybody. But the best part about this, wait for it, get this, it is voiced by Gary Busey. The, 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 ginger, the ginger Dead Man is voiced by Gary Busey, which is, is amazing. Um, I don't know if he does the voice in, like, all the movies, um, but just that was the selling point for me. Um, I know he's done, like, some of the more recent ones. The Ginger Dead Man is time-traveling. He's had crossovers with the Evil Bong, which is a whole other series that I won't even get into, but those movies are great and shitty on their own. Definitely check them out if you're in the mood for, like, a, a real shit show. Now, like I said, uh, I wasn't going to be able to get through my full list uh, today. I might include a few other um, honorable mentions in the notes below. Um, but I just want to let you guys know, thank you so much for tuning in and listening again. I really appreciate it. Um, the Down in Front podcast guys appreciate it. And as always, like I always say, if you want to reach out to give us more recommendations or tell us what you thought, we always appreciate the feedback and we love hearing from you guys. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash down in front podcast. You can email us directly at down in front podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitch. Now we have the down in front podcast game stream. That's going to be twitch.tv backslash down in front podcast. And on Twitter, our handle is underscore D I F P. And also we have our uh, Patreon account. Um, any little bit will help if you guys enjoy what you've heard and would love to hear some more. Uh, we appreciate anything that you guys can can give us. Um, we really do appreciate the support. Uh, and to find that, you can go on to patreon.com backslash down in front podcast. Again, thanks so much for listening. This is Andrew of Andrew's Fear Boners presented by the Down in Front podcast. And we'll be back in the same place at the same time next week.